Welcome to Building the Future. I'm your host, Kevin Horick. You can find the show online at buildingthefutureshow.com or follow me on Twitter at Building Show. You can also find it on iTunes, Stitcher, and YouTube. I'm excited to announce that I'm now a brand ambassador for the Business Rock Summit in Manchester, England, April 21st and 22nd, where Steve Wozniak is headlining. More details at business-rocks.com. Welcome back to the show. Today we have David Adele, co-founder and CEO of Croissant. David, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on, Kevin. Yeah, no, thanks for being on the show. I, I think that what you guys are doing is, is really interesting and, and very cool. So it's kind of why I wanted to have you on the show. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, yeah, I'm honored to be here. I was reading through the past shows, and uh, I'm very honored um, that you would uh, consider me among the ranks of your other attendees. So. Yeah, no, no, it's awesome, man. I, the feeling's mutual. So maybe kind of before we talk about croissant and whatnot, maybe let's talk about kind of where you grew up. Uh, sure. So uh, I'm from upstate New York. I went, grew up my whole life there. I went to uh, college upstate as well in Albany. Um, shortly after college, I uh, ventured down into the city of New York, and I've been there ever since. Um, minus a year elsewhere, but uh, yeah, uh, mainly. At, so what I did in college was uh, really computer science. Okay. Uh, and I actually started with physics, and then I went to computer science because I could just tell it would be more useful for me. So sure. <laughs> I think a lot of people come to that realization. Uh, they start out with one major and they end up with a more useful major. Uh, some people don't. I don't know. Anyway. Sure. Uh, so that's what I did. Um, uh, so I got a job as a consultant in the city uh, for a software consulting firm, and uh, that's kind of where I got a sense for uh, the corporate world. Um, and so, I, I, do you want me to go through like my whole story up until now, or I mean, I could do it in maybe like a few minutes? Or yeah, maybe. sure. No, it's it's interesting to me. I, I'm kind of always fascinated okay. by um, you know, kind of how people got to where they are currently. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, so in a nutshell, uh, there's a couple of different phases. So I've been out of college now since uh, 2008, and so that was seven years ago. So I'll talk you through the phases. So phase one was get a job out of college. Sure. Uh, that went well. Um, that happened around the time of the financial meltdown. So it ended up not working out because of that. Um, so I ended up being let go from that. What was the and job? Surely, was it in technology? Say again? What was the job? Uh, yeah, yeah. It was uh, consulting, and it was like projects with like Java. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Java from college. So I was doing that, and then um, my friend approached me about, <laughs> just crazy thinking about it looking back, but he approached me about doing online trading. <laughs> so I kind of got into that for a few years, actually. That's and, interesting. Uh, we built an, a whole algorithm together, and... Uh, we were working on it, and uh, my friend actually raised money for us to trade. We were like kind of trying to sell like a little fun, right? Um, so we were working on that for like a year, and then uh, we raised money for that, and we were trading it, and we were performing like ups and downs. It wasn't, uh, yeah, it wasn't really performing very well. It was kind of just, like break even at best, and uh, around the time when we were kind of winding it down because it wasn't really working out. I got the idea that we should package it up and sell it uh, as like a desktop application, like this thing that this algorithm that we made for uh, sort of predicting the the charts. 
And uh, so we made this thing, and um, we put it up, and we actually made some sales for a little while. Um, this is about uh, it's about like two years after I left my job. At this point, like we, uh, I was just like trying to make something work at this point, anything. And uh, we were actually able to make some sales, but uh, and I wasn't a very experienced entrepreneur at that point. Uh, sure. I didn't realize how much uh, effort it would take to, to really get it out there and do the proper marketing and everything. So I just assumed it wasn't going to work out, and I actually went back into the corporate world at that point. Um, so and uh, it, who knows what could have happened with it, but uh, uh, it was fun. I learned a lot. It really uh, upped my skills, uh, and it was my first taste of being an entrepreneur. Sure. Um, nothing compared to now. I mean, now I'm much more serious about it. That was more of like a, I'm young. I don't really care what I'm doing, but it's kind of fun, so I'll make it. <laughs> no, I think that's and, awesome, and, uh, though. So, <laughs> yeah, so it was my first taste of it. Um, and then I got a job, and I worked there for three years uh, as a uh, as a programmer in finance. Uh, I worked okay. for an interdealer broker uh, down near Wall Street, and uh, uh, that was quite good. Um, uh, you know, it was nice to make a, a steady paycheck for once after such a long time of not doing so. Sure. Um, so, you know, I learned a lot about operations and, uh, and programming critical systems and, and finance and, uh, just, you know, software development in general. And, you know, it's like a pretty standard company. And, uh, so anyway, <laughs> so that about two two and a half years into it, uh, like towards the end of my, my tenure there. Um, so I actually, I should rewind. When I first got the job, I was thinking, okay, I like this entrepreneurial thing, but I don't really know what I'm doing. I'm going to get this job for now and make some money while I figure things out and I'll probably do something entrepreneurial in the future. So that was my mentality going into it. Okay. No, I think um, that's ended up, good. Ended up taking, yeah. Yeah. It, it ended up taking, uh, I'm happy I have that foresight too, because uh, a lot of people don't have that foresight. No, totally. Um, well, a lot of people get like stuck that. in a job, right? Because they think they're yeah, going to yeah, just they quit eventually, and then they're just like, oh, money's too good. I'm not quitting. Yeah, yeah. So I kind of went in with that mindset, like the proper mindset of, I'm going to do this for two years. Luckily, I thought that way. It ended up taking me three years, but I was there uh, over two years. And then I, while, towards the end of that, I was thinking, um, uh, so... I wasn't really thinking about starting a startup. It happened kind of randomly. So what happened was uh, I started going to hackathons right. because uh, a friend told me uh, to go to this, to check out this thing called General Assembly in New York, if you heard of it. And I started going there and checking out some of their classes just to see what's up in the entrepreneurial community. And there's this talk by like a very experienced uh, CTO or something. And he said, uh, you should be going to hackathons. <laughs> so I was like, okay. <laughs> It's so good advice. And, uh, yeah, I just, this is like two, almost three years ago now. He he said that it's still relevant today. Yeah, sure. I think it's still a great thing to do if you haven't been doing it. Um, so I started doing that, and uh, you know, I started to make some side projects, nothing too crazy. Um, and then summer of last year, uh, 2014, uh, I went with uh, some friends to a hackathon and uh, we made a prototype for something that we thought would be cool in our corporate jobs. Okay. Um, and that's, that's where Perky was born, my last company. Right. <laughs> so uh, Perky was basically a way for, uh, 
for employers to give perks to their employees. It's kind of like Groupon for the enterprise. Like they'd be able to subsidize deals for their uh, employees. Okay. Uh, so we made it. We prototyped it at that hackathon, and then uh, we worked on it uh, for a while. And I started to get more serious, and I, I thought this would be the perfect opportunity to quit my job finally and do the entrepreneurial thing that I've uh, been hoping to do. Sure. And so I quit my job and started working on it full time. Did and you? Then a few how did you support yourself? Uh, I well, because one of the things that I, I went in with uh, into my job. Uh, thinking that I'd be quitting in a few years was that I would have to save a lot of money. So right, I, okay. I did save most of my paycheck every month, actually. I, I did not live like I was making the money I was making. So I was lucky enough to, to be making a nice paycheck, but I was living as if I was still uh, an entrepreneur from right. like back before I got the job. Like Luckily, that experience uh, enforced in me the lifestyle of saving money. Um, so that's one of the keys to being successful, saving money uh, beforehand. Sure. So, did so, is there like yeah. when you're when you mention this to other people, is there kind of a you're like you should save a year, two years, six months? Like, is there kind of like or what have you found? Uh, I guess in your experience, uh, just kind of realize how much money you're spending. Like, for example, I was, I was using Mint while I was at my job, yeah. dot com, and uh, I was doing the analysis of how much I was making and how much I was spending, and I figured. If I save X amount of money every month, I can survive for X years uh, okay. coming out. And, you know, not going to lie, I've had some help from the parents. Fair. <laughs> so that helps a little bit too. Um, you know, they're, luckily I have that support system. Um, so, yeah, that helps. But I, I, a lot of, most of it is because I've been able to save a lot of money uh, from three years of working in finance. Sure. Were you were, so were you I'm living at home that. during this time, or you were out on your own? Uh, no, no, I've been out on my own this whole time. Okay. Um, for when I was doing my entrepreneurial stuff before I got that job, um, I was living at a friend's house for a year. Okay. So I, I did save some money that way, but so that was kind of fun. Um, but yeah, I was living very uh, frugally, I guess you could say. No, that that's great uh, advice. I think so many people don't think about that, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that was a big part of what's gotten me to where I am now, I'd say. Um, so then uh, we were working on Perky um, end of last year, about a year ago, and we launched it in January. And uh, we did okay. We got some customers and everything. Um, but it is, uh, you know, it's my first taste of like real entrepreneurship. Like I was like really trying to go hard and make this a company now that I'm a little more experienced. But, uh, you know, the first time around, um, now, it's probably not going to be your successful one, as you probably heard the advice. Everyone say, like, you know, fail a lot first. Um, yeah. So it's definitely true. No, uh, or you're like failure, an overnight, like, you're an overnight success, but it took you 10 years, that kind of thing? Yeah, <laughs> that kind of thing, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it wasn't like a failure. It was just like uh, I could have, it could have been better in a lot of ways. And uh, we learned what our shortcomings were, especially in terms of like marketing and, and finding product market fit. Sure. Um, I made the mistake. It wasn't like a total mistake, but like I kind of built most of the system and launched it before doing a whole lot of testing mm. on the potential customer. That's a really good point, um, right? It makes sense yeah. to launch early <laughs> and as quick as possible so you can actually get that feedback instead of going too mm-hmm. far down the road. 
yeah, and you'll see what I learned apply to croissant um, when we talk about that. But uh, uh, I did most of it. Uh, I thought of it in my head, and uh, or sorry, I should say we thought of it and uh, built it and uh, got it out. And well, we were we were doing some user testing before we launched, but uh, we didn't really take it very seriously. We didn't try too hard to make sales before we built the product, and I, I think some people should try to do that. Right. Um, That's good advice. Of what your customer is looking for. Yeah, like when you actually try to make the sales before you before you build it, uh, it can make a big difference. Sure. So, how big um, was your team for for that app? Uh, there four. It's the same four. Us for Cassandra and for Perky. Okay. Uh, we were all working in corporate jobs. We made Perky as a because we, you know, we all corporate jobs. We can relate to you know wanting more perks and cooler sure. perks. We thought our, you know, I thought it would be great if our. Uh, Employers would sponsor it and everything. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it could, it might still work. You know, the idea is still out there. Um, we could uh, do something with it. It's still running. Uh, we just, you know, kind of put it on the back burner uh, just because it wasn't. It's not. It's not there yet. There's still a lot of work to be done to get that product market fit for that. Sure. And um, this idea for croissant came up, and it was much better opportunity. Um, and I'll get into that. Um, so, so yeah, we were working on Perky. We were alive with it. Uh, we, you know, we were pursuing it aggressively. We got into an accelerator program. I don't know if you know, but we're in um, the co-found Harlem Accelerator up in Harlem here. Okay. And um, we sh- about a week into the accelerator, uh, another hackathon came up. Uh, the TechCrunch hackathon, which is pretty big here in New York. Sure, I can imagine. Um, yeah, it's like 400 attendees and everything. And oh, it, wow. I've, yeah, I've went the past three years. <laughs> uh, I always have fun every time. Uh, the first time, actually, I, I, yeah, the first time I was there in 2013, I randomly met a guy there. I just went with an open mind. I was like, hey, I want to meet someone to make something and so on. And I did, and we won a little prize, so it was kind of cool. Uh, so how, how long was year, this? How many days was the hackathon? Uh, it's just 24 hours. So you met somebody there that you didn't know, and then you built something, and you you won something within like twenty four hours. Yeah, yeah, that's one awesome. Of the yeah, <laughs> it was actually it was kind of cool. It was like a two hundred fifty dollar like Amazon gift card, I think. It sure. Kind of awesome. I mean, it's like it's just silly, but uh, we made this silly app uh, that this is like vocabulary app or something that uses uh, one of the, it used one of the sponsors of the hackathon, like so the sponsors get prizes. Okay. And one of the sponsors was a uh, Pearson who has like a dictionary. You can like look up dictionary terms. Right. They made this like vocabulary learning app that like, I don't know. I don't remember what it does. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, I went with some friends uh, in 2014 last year. And uh, at, we even then we met some more people and we did something with them and we won another prize. Oh, wow. Um, so that was pretty cool too. Uh, that was another like we kind of, went with the sponsors of the event and tried to make something for their platform. Uh, but this past year, um, we started a week into the accelerator and, uh, you know, things with Perky were going okay, but it was, you know, it was a little, uh, morale was a little low, I would say. Uh, so we thought we'd get our minds off it and, uh, try something new. Okay. And so we went to this hackathon and while we were there, we just, we thought of like, the issues we had with working in Perky. Like, we thought about how hard it was to, um, uh, I shouldn't say, it was really like Nisha's, our, our co-founder Nisha idea. 
she she gave me this idea back in like January. She's like, I wish I could like book a seat at like a coffee shop because like I work because we always work at coffee shops and we we're right. working on this thing, and uh, there was no like easy way to do it. Uh, it was always like a struggle, um, especially in New York. New York is like tough with coffee. It used to not be this way too. It's like only the past like year or two I've seen like more and more people taking up seats with like picking up the outlets. Um, okay, fair. Yeah, just more people are, are getting into that lifestyle. Um, so that's kind of like the precursor here. Yeah, it's kind of trendy uh, to be so, like a startup co-founder that works at a coffee shop, right? And some people are actually doing yeah. it and others are just kind of wannabes. Yeah, it used to just be like bloggers and writers. And that was like the coffee shop people, but now like everyone is doing it. Sure. So that's part of the drive here. Uh, so... You know, she had this idea to, to book a seat in the coffee shop. So that's what we prototyped uh, for the hackathon. Okay. And one of the sponsors was this company, uh, Gimbal, and uh, they have these Bluetooth beacons. And so we integrated that into the prototype. And uh, so we had this thing where you had these beacons triangulating your position in the coffee shop, and you can, like, order coffee to your seat. That's awesome. And, um the, yeah, the coffee shop could like charge by the hour, so like they can still monetize off the people who don't really want to buy anything. They just want to like work at the coffee shop. Right. Um, so that's kind of what we threw together. Um, so after the hackathon, um, you know, we didn't win anything this time around, which is fine. It's still great. Like we got a chance to present. Um, but what's what's cool and what also helped us um, decide to go with it actually was right after our, we presented it on stage. At, at TechCrunch, because um, what they do is they, they give everyone 60 seconds to present their hack to like, the audience of like, who's ever there, like 500 people or so. Right. So it's quite thrilling. Um, and uh, so right after that presentation, um, one of the TechCrunch writers who was there asked me for an interview. So I was like, oh, it's like some random interview. It's going to be fun. Uh, so I just like talked about what we made and, uh, and like what it does and the team and everything. And, uh, 20 minutes later, she put up this long article on TechCrunch. Oh, wow. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> That's yeah, awesome, I had, though. Uh, I had a video of my presentation. It's on our website. You can see it. If you click on the TechCrunch link on decker.com, you'll see my presentation and the write-up she did. And uh, it was totally random. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's awesome. But, and but- then uh, it's started- but Sorry, I, I think that's important to mention, like, if you're not out there kind of networking and going to these hackathons and kind of being part of the community, this stuff won't happen to you or the chances of it, of it happening to you are are pretty small, right? And so yeah. you kind of, I, I love, and this is kind of why I wanted to have you on the show. Like you, you said earlier that you're kind of honored and whatnot, but like, this is what I want to stress. Like I could just, you know, talk about this stuff, but hearing from people like yourself that have done it and been through it and you can tell the listener like, here, like, look, I went to this hackathon, you know, I got asked kind of randomly to be um, in this interview with TechCrunch, and now it kind of blew up, right? And I think that's super important to reinforce to people that you kind of need to, like, get yourself out there and, like, make it happen for yourself. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, So coming from a background in technology, uh, I didn't really put stress on, like, networking or really going to events at all. And then it was, like, really just like the past year I've started doing that uh, very aggressively and that has uh, paid off. It's, you know, it takes some time, but you meet the right people. Uh, you learn what events are good and you never know something like this might happen. To sure. You. So how often would you say you go to these like hackathons or, or networking events? Um, 
I haven't been to a hackathon since the one in May with Desant. Um, okay. Uh, we might go. To, I don't know. I might go to another one. We'll see. Um, but yeah, before I was like, you know, getting some traction here. Uh, it's it's good to go to these things. But how often? Um, like, do you go to other networking events currently, or, or not really? Yeah, now that yeah. You kind of have. Okay. No, nowadays I I mean I don't go to hackathons, but I go to like conferences and uh, right. Actually, a little secret with conferences, you should try to volunteer. <laughs> oh, totally. Um, the past two conferences, we reached out for volunteer positions, and we either got like a discount ticket or like. That's actually yeah, really good advice. A couple hundred dollars. Yeah, <laughs> I did not. That's uh, well, I got to credit Nisha again on that one. She thought to do all that. She's good with that. That's um, good. No, but yeah. I, I love that. Like <laughs> you're right because they're always like it's pretty hard for them to, you know, maybe pay you. But if you volunteer, they can easily print you know, print another pass right with your name on it. So yeah, no, like, that's actually like really that, good advice. Yeah, and I meet all the like. So if I work the table, for example, I meet everyone coming into the conference. Totally. So I can say hi to everyone. So it's like already a warm introduction if I like walk around during the conference and start yeah, talking yeah. to people. And then even at the like the bars after you know the conference that night, people are like, "Hey, you're the guy," you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. interesting. So just kind of along the same lines, like you go to these networking events and you kind of have all these um, ways of networking. Is there any other ways that you've kind of found that have worked for you in kind of either networking a little bit or kind of. Because I, I think a lot of people oh, yeah. find it awkward. Yeah, I, I yeah I still find it awkward myself. Um, I think everybody does. Just, <laughs> yeah, I still find I it awkward. I read a book about this recently. Uh, I think it's called like Do Over or something. But uh, it makes a good point in the book, and I agree with it. It's just just going with the right mindset that you're just uh, there to have fun and to meet people. Uh, don't go in with the mindset that you'll uh, that you want like find the right person to do business with it's more like just go in looking for friends kind of thing or not even yeah that is good advice so i i forget that (laughs) sometimes sure uh uh, yeah for yeah but another thing for example at a conference at that bar afterwards like i met uh someone who runs a a pretty big newsletter in new york and uh you know uh, they liked our our company and uh, they wanted to put us on the newsletter. So that got us some nice traction. They just like put us up on the newsletter. Uh, so this is an example of what could happen, you know? Sure. Well, I think the other thing too is I've even found personally, if you're not in one of those big hubs like New York or whatnot, you know, you should try to go to a conference or, or to, you know, in one of those bigger cities, maybe once a year or once every few years and, you know, try to get involved with some of that stuff, right? Because mm-hmm. you're right, that's where the the big hubs are, are there for a reason. And it's kind of got me where I've, where I've gotten in my career just by, you know, reaching out to people and going to conferences and, and just kind of constantly networking with people outside of, you know, even my country in a lot of cases. Mm-hmm. So, no, I... And another thing for... Oh, sorry, were you going to say? No, go ahead. Uh, in terms of uh, online networking for, like, if you're not in a hub, um, another thing that we do, my, my co-founder does this a little more than me, is just um, reach out to people on LinkedIn. Like, totally. It, it could just be a cold reach out. Totally. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, I, yeah, so. I've done I've done that. Uh, I just broke 12,000 LinkedIn connections, so I've done that for probably, like, <laughs> six years. That has been okay, probably yeah. the most – important thing I've ever done career-wise is it started off as kind of a joke and I've mentioned this on shows before but again I think it's to stress it it's like you reach out to all these people 
and like yeah some people don't write back some people you know nicely tell you where to go um <laughs> but at the end of the day it doesn't really matter because there's always going to be people that you know don't aren't interested or whatnot like I'm not selling them anything I just say hey like let's connect I think what you're doing is pretty cool you know I'm not like saying hey buy this or that because I really I don't have anything to sell but you know I think that's super super important and it's like it's gotten me connections globally that have that have been instrumental in finding really good guests for the radio show nice nice well that's how you and I met right or was it Twitter I can't remember it's one uh, of the two. I don't remember it was two months ago. Yeah, <laughs> but especially online. Yeah, I think it was Twitter, yeah, I, but I, it doesn't really matter. It's social media, uh -huh. right? Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, the thing with like the LinkedIn stuff, I actually find that more awkward than in-person interaction. Really? I don't know for some reason. Why, yeah, why like, is a little that? Weird. I don't know. I because when I'm in person, I'm just like joking around, laughing, but it's like hard to convey all that like online. I, that's a skill I got to work on. Like I only started doing this recently. That's cold reach out Huh? That's actually like fascinating to me because I'm the total opposite. Like I feel completely awkward talking to people in person. <laughs> where I was like, oh, this is perfect. I can I can network online, and I don't yeah, have yeah. to worry about that. But it's interesting that you know you kind of have the reverse. And I think I think the point I guess to stress here is that you need to figure out what's more comfortable for you, and then. Obviously, you need to push yourself out of your comfort zone and kind of do the other one as well. But, you know, at least start off with the one that is least uh, uncomfortable. And if it's in person, go in person. If it's online, go online. And then work on the other yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, totally true. Sure, man. So maybe let's let's talk about kind of what croissant is. And, and I know you kind of loosely talked about uh how you started it and kind of came up with the idea but do you want to maybe kind of cover that again and just yeah. kind of go a little bit deeper into that yeah i'll say what it is now sure um, so right now we've we have i think 22 spaces now um we've partnered with 22 co-working spaces in new york city um, awesome and we kind of package it up so that all you have to do is buy one membership and you can bounce around between the different spaces um so a little more about it. Um, you basically sign up. Uh, we have two plans: 99 bucks a month for 40 hours and five guest hours, and then 2.99 a month if you want to get unlimited hours and 20 guest hours. Okay. And uh, so once you're a member and you're signed up, uh, you can basically show up at the space, click check in on the app, right? And uh, they'll tell you where to sit, or uh, they're basically basically a hot desk, um, open format desk. Um, you sit down, get to work, and then when you're ready to leave, you just click check out. Okay. So you can do that as long as you have hours remaining in your membership. Okay. Um, and and also you have guest hours, so you can check in, and then you can have a meeting. You can invite a friend to sit next to you, so you have uh, five hours to do that. Okay. Uh, and then do you guys okay. just take a cut of that to monetize, or, or how do you guys monetize this? Uh, yeah, I mean – we have different agreements in place with different spaces, okay. but uh, yeah, we we take a small portion of that as our uh, revenue. So okay, so yeah. you mentioned New York City. Are you guys kind of expanding outside of that? Uh, someday we hope to. Uh, right now, since we're so young, obviously we've been licensed just July. So oh I yeah! Wow. Say, yeah, like five months. <laughs> yeah, but that's so, awesome. You already have twenty-two co-working yeah. spaces in New York City, and you've only been alive or. Um, live for five months that's pretty impressive 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, I got to attribute that to uh, like uh, my co-founder Zoltan. He actually landed all those partnerships. So um, did he just go like, co- like cold call them, or how did you guys kind of, or how did he land those partnerships? Um, some of the spaces we we had a previous relationship with okay. from our, our last company, Perky, um, but some of them were just uh, cold visits. <laughs> right. He basically hustled really hard for a couple months there and uh, just got a bunch of people. He just pitched it. And, oh, I think uh, that's awesome. People. Yeah. Actually, so what we initially did back in May, like I was talking about, our project was coffee shops. And my initial thought was this would be great if I could co-work in coffee shops and restaurants. Right. And, and that's still like, like I really want to do that at some point. I think it, the idea is a little before its time, but uh, that, that'd be really cool, I think. So what we tried doing was pitching it to, to coffee shops and restaurants, but uh, it, it was very difficult for them to, uh, maybe it's on us, like we're, we're just don't have the skills to convey it well enough, but, uh, uh, or yeah, and maybe it's just before it's time. But, sure. Uh, but I also like the fact that you're you're really... trying a bunch of different angles, right? And until like mm-hmm. you found one that kind of worked. Like, okay, well, yeah, we'd like this, and maybe we'll still try that in the future. But you know, right now the co-working space seems to make a lot more sense right now. Yeah, yeah. A lot of things uh, that'll make you. One of the things that'll make you successful is catching trends. They sure. say uh, so. If you can get on a good trend, such as co-working is like a trend. Mm, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So we're kind of like riding that trend uh, for now. Sure. And so, so we started out pitching these coffee shops and uh, and restaurants, but they weren't really going for it. So we randomly started pitching co-working spaces just because they seemed like it would fit them, and then it just clicked right away. Like they got it, they already understood it, and it made sense for them. So um, they were totally on board. Sure. And uh, yeah, so we've been steadily increasing the number of spaces ever since uh, July. No, that's awesome, man. So yeah. if, if I, I want to kind of get started with croissant, like how do I go about doing it? Uh, it's pretty simple. You just go to getcroissant.com, click sign up, uh, your name, email, um, which membership option you'd like, and uh, you pay. That's it. You're a member. Awesome. No, that's, <laughs> uh, that's wicked. Yeah. You get like a welcome email and uh, some like the contact information for us. And like uh, um, our, our co-founder Zoltan does primarily does like the customer service, so you'll uh, you'll talk with him. Um, we also meet a lot of the members too because we go to the spaces ourselves and uh, we run into a lot of our members. So you know we're trying to build a community. That's interesting. So you know, step one is try to meet the members, uh, get a feel for what they need from the platform. Um, sure. You know, some features have arisen from this, from doing stuff like that. Like the, the guest feature, um, that was like one of the first things that popped up. People are like, I got to hold meetings. And sure. we're like, well, um, we could make a conference room booking system, but it's a little expensive for our members. Looks like a way to make everyone happy here, get the spaces paid a little bit, and uh, get get our members uh, and their guests inside. So that's where we came up with the hold the get hold the, I mean, sorry, the. Uh, yeah, I guess feature. Interesting. So. so do you tell your members you're going to be at, you know, this co-working space if they, if they want to kind of have a talk with you or do you reach out to them or, or, or do you, is it just kind of a little bit more random? Um, it's a mix of different things. So okay. some of it's random. Some of our members uh, who we've reached out to have, have gotten back to us and uh, um, we'll arrange like a meeting for like uh, user testing and just to ask their ask questions on what they need, uh, what are their needs, you know? 
Okay, so that's that that's really cool. Yeah. So do you? Yeah, I mean, a lot of good advice is just, just talk to your users. Yeah, I'm sure you know. So, yeah. if I'm using the app, does it tell me kind of who else is at that co-working space, or does do you guys have like little profiles on people that say, you know, this or like eventually you want to maybe match people together and say, hey, you guys are building something that could, you know, integrate well or, or something. Is that in the cards? Just not yet. No. I want to do that though. I want okay. to add that that exact thing. Um, we've been debating what what types of things uh, should be in the app. Um, one of them, you know, because we want to uh, enable people to have offline meetings. Sure. You know, this is really just a tool for getting your getting your work done, getting into a community of, of like-minded people, and that's one of those things that we want to add. So we want to add features to the app that enable people to easily connect with other people on the platform in the space. It's not live yet, but uh, it's it's in the cards, sure. uh, among other things. So, no, that's awesome. There. No, I I, th- I think that's cool. So, uh, do you is there anything else that you guys wanna you wanna talk about that you're kind of working on now, or kind of any other struggles or in you know, almost successes that you guys are currently facing? Um, so struggles. One of our biggest struggles right now is. I guess you could say education because they're trying to educate people who come to our websites, uh, either through social media or SEO, people looking for a co-working space. Uh, A lot of people kind of glaze over the site. They don't really understand it. Um, I mean, if you listen to a radio show like this, you'll understand it because I explain everything, but people who don't know us or know what we're about, um, they kind of don't understand it. And so we're, we're currently trying to make it better. I think this is like a lot of the issue that a lot of startups have is it's hard to make people understand what you're doing. Um, it's sure. like a new concept or, or whatnot. So, you know, some people think, oh, do I have to book a seat ahead of time? And the answer is no. Like, it's not like too clear. But, like, how do you say that in a, in a nice way on the website? It's the, things like that is what we're kind of. Yeah, it's kind of like these one off cases, right? Because, like, for example, if. Like I'm, I don't live in New York City, so if I came to New York City, can I just load the app and say like, where's the closest place that you guys use, and is there a seat available? Can I just go book that? Like you, like how do you explain that to somebody, right? Yeah, like it's, yeah, it's, I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to figure it out. <laughs> sure, no, it's tricky. Uh, so yeah, we're playing with it. Lots of testing involved, um, getting lots of feedback from people. Um, yeah, talk to as many people as possible, like people who've been to your website or people who started to sign up but didn't complete the sign-up process, reach out to them and be like, hey, uh, what were your thoughts? <laughs> so sure. we've gotten some feedback from that. So all these little things. Like, uh, for example, one of the features we added um, were, because a lot of people were saying they weren't sure if a seat was going to be available when they got to the place. Uh, okay. And some of our, our co-working spaces are kind of far out. Like, uh, I shouldn't say far out, but like, um, they, they take some time to get to you. Like if you're in the Upper West Side and you gotta get to Brooklyn because there's some spaces there, um, you don't know if the seat's gonna be available when you get there. So, right. you know, this is like an ongoing problem. So what we added was this feature where you can hold the seat for an hour. Um, okay. So you can rest assured that when you get there. So that's just one, an example of one of the things that, uh, that popped up while we were uh, talking to people. No, I, I think that's awesome that you guys are constantly doing user testing and adding features based on user feedback. Um, Usually, how many times do you kind of need to hear a feature request before you kind of implement that? Because I'm sure you hear feature requests all the time, 
And sometimes you're like, well, that might be like your edge case. That might not be good for the entire app or, you know, you, or, or do you guys kind of have a rule with that? Or I'm always curious about that. Uh, we right now we don't really have a hard and fast rule. We just okay. kind of go by our gut. Okay. Uh, like I'd send a because I use the app myself. Like I pay the membership fee and I use the app. So like if I see people having this problem and I, I can kind of relate to it, like oh that makes uh, sense. Okay. Like, or I myself is having the same problem. Pretty much every problem that people have talked about, like I have the same problem using the app. Okay. So like I, I I can feel for it. I have a pretty good feel for like what we should and shouldn't do. I don't know if that's the best way to do it but it's been working for us so far. No, so. I think it makes a lot of sense to be like a user of your own platform. And I think that's super useful yeah. because then you're right. You can relate to people and you can, you can almost request your own features. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, definitely. Well, that's I'm lucky interesting. enough to be able to, to use it. Yeah, for sure. So I'm curious then, do you kind of have any other advice for, you know, entrepreneurs and you kind of like maybe fell into um, croissant a little bit is is maybe a little bit of a stretch, but you know you, you kind of tried something, you you pivoted a little, you started a new company, you 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 went out and networked, and you basically you know met a bunch of people. You do you have any kind of advice for for other people kind of looking to to start out? Uh, let's see, <laughs> like starting starting from where? Like, do you have experience? Do you not have experience in an industry? Could, could uh, be example, any. Of that. I was talking to one guy. I was talking to a guy recently at an event. Okay. Um, he works for a large financial firm currently, and he's like, "I want to do a startup of some sort." And um, he told me he had this idea for—I don't remember it. It was like a B two C app for like image sharing or, or social image sharing or something like that. Okay. And uh, I, I could tell right away it's, it's probably. Unless it's like groundbreaking, and like it's, it's, I don't, I don't really know. It might succeed. I, I don't know. <laughs> I want to say like it's not going to succeed, but like sure. I've heard lots of lots of people have like app ideas that are, are quite basic. I would say, mm-hmm. like it's not. It's like a feature, not I a business. Know. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, like Facebook can make it a feature, for example. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what I was thinking. But you know, he's talking about also how he's been in the industry for a while at this financial firm. Um, and so what I told him was take a look at what you know because you know this industry very well that you're in. Like, you know this finance industry. You know, like, for example, fixed income and, and the, the data that these he – he was a programmer. Okay. And he, like, so he knows what, like, the traders need, what data they need, and what the current pain points are for these traders. So sure. a lot of it is, like, identifying pain points. And if you're in an industry for a long time, you probably know really well what the pain points are. Sure. So, for example, with us, we knew the pain point with working on our company was it's hard to find a spot to work on it. Exactly. So we were like living it. So we were lucky enough to have that uh, that experience. And so this guy and a lot of people come from the same situation, like corporate job for a long time. Uh, they know the industry, so they know what the pain points are, and uh, they know. So that combined with actually executing, since a lot of people also don't execute. Sure. If you combine that industry knowledge with executing, you'll be one of a kind, and uh, you'll probably be setting yourself up for success. And that's just that's just one way to be successful. It's just like a general thing I was thinking, and I think a lot of people come from that same background. So I told him, like, yeah, I told him that. No, I, I think that's really good advice. I think I think people forget about that, and I think part of the problem with like trying to be the next Instagram or, or whatever is that like never happens. 
and you can make a lot better business actually solving a pain point in even an industry that's not necessarily the sexiest industry, right? Like when when you say finance, you're like, oh, that's not really that like cutting edge and cool, right? That's, you know, but you can build something that solves a real pain point for people and make a really good living doing that. Mm -hmm. And I think people forget that a lot of the time that they try to just, they try to be the next Instagram and it's like, well, Instagram's business model was sell to Google, Facebook, or Twitter. And they got lucky and sold. Like their original version was like location sharing or something. It wasn't even photos. Like they pivoted too, right? Like they weren't making money when they sold to Facebook. So I think being able to actually be profitable and build a business that makes money is what we should be focusing on. And still, instead of trying to build these like feature-based businesses and hopefully one of the big three acquires us for a lot of money, right? It's yeah, like playing yeah. the lottery. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot harder than you think, too. It, it seems simple, but the engineering behind an app like Instagram, for example, is, is very intense. Like to, sure. to beat Instagram, like another app that like seems simple, but also is very intense engineering is Slack. Yeah. It's gained popularity. Totally. It just seems like a simple thing, but it's the engineering behind it is kind of like one of a kind. So it's yeah. like it's just little subtle things. It, it could be a very subtle nuanced thing that can make or break an app and the subtle thing is for example could be the engineering on some of these like simple looking software apps like totally yeah you're probably not gonna it's a lot harder than you think to make it that awesome you know i mean you can make a basic prototype working but to make it extremely successful is uh, another story yeah i think the thing is that that people forget a lot of time and like you and i are in the space so we understand but the simpler it is for the user the more work it is for the designers and developers that are actually creating this thing. Yeah, yeah, it's really hard to make it simple. Yeah, like so it's hard. incredibly yeah. and fast and work on, you know, the latest phone and the old phone and the old browsers and the new browsers. And <laughs> <laughs> you you know, yeah, yeah. you know the pain point, right? Cuz mm-hmm. I've I've had that at parties before. It's like, "Oh, you you do this stuff for a living. We're going to build the next Facebook together and we're going to go 50-50 on this. I have the idea. You execute everything. And you're like, yeah, okay, well, that's going to take like thousands of hours to build. And even if we build it, it's going to take millions of dollars to market the thing. <laughs> right? <laughs> so, yeah. no, I, I think it's good. It's good advice. I, I, I like I like your, your approach to this whole thing. But uh, sadly, David, we're, we're – Getting, we're running out of time, so maybe we'll just kind of end the show with you promoting um, companies and or uh, and your social media links, and then I'll post these in the show notes as well. Uh, sure. Um, so, I mean, the website is getcroissant at thefood.com, and uh, getcroissant is our Twitter handle, our Facebook handle, Instagram. Uh, we have a blog on Medium, but we just have croissant. Yeah, okay. We're just croissant. We landed croissant. Yeah, interesting. So, uh, so <laughs> where did you come up with croissant? Yeah. Like, how did you guys come up with that? Uh, totally random. Uh, Nisha just like randomly picked it, but uh, I mean, it stems from our background of working in, in coffee shops. Sure, I kind of guess. Buy uh, coffees and croissants while we were working there, and I was like, oh, I don't want to buy that stuff. Like, these got the alternative. So, like, we're like the alternative to buying the croissants. <laughs> um, that's why we stuck with the name. That's <laughs> it awesome. makes sense, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. That's that's cool. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and you know, people love the branding, so uh, yeah, we're sticking with it. Yeah, 
No, awesome, man. Well, uh, thanks again for taking the time to be on the show. And, uh, you know, we'll keep in touch. And uh, it's been awesome. Thanks again. Thanks a lot. Cool, man. Talk soon. Later. Bye. Thanks for listening. You can visit past shows at buildingthefutureshow.com. If you're going to the Startup Expo on February 16th and 17th in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, and want to record an episode, please contact me. The music for the show is by Electric Mantra. Check them out at electricmantra.com. Until next time, keep building the future.